Good morning, comrades. So Jeff is on vacation, so this is a little weird. Uh, this is pre-recorded per usual, but not pre-recorded on the right day. I recorded this myself. This is Robert, obviously, to play on Tuesday's episode that was going to play on the radio. That episode we actually already had in the can. So this one will be on Thursday. So just ignore my mentions of Tuesday. You're actually listening on Thursday. You're not crazy. Thanks for listening to the podcast. It's great because since this one isn't going to be on the radio, I can plug all the things. Please come um, give us a like and a follow on Twitch. Twitch. I'm still on Twitch, but that. Uh, uh, good morning, comrade. Please uh, check us out on Twitter at Comrade Morning. And please throw a couple bucks our way if you really, really, really like what we're doing here on Patreon. Patreon forward slash Good Morning Comrade. We really appreciate it. That helps us keep our server costs paid for. And so the show doesn't run out of deficit, which is what's happening right now. I want to thank all our Patreon uh, subscribers. I'm going to do something for y'all. I'm going to give you some shout outs for me next week or whatever. But yeah, the show is not running out of deficit. We actually um, are not losing money doing this thing. Isn't that cool? So if you want to help us out with that again, uh, Patreon forward slash Good Morning Comrade. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Comrades, welcome to the Good Morning Comrades show. Uh, so you are listening to uh, WHIV New Orleans, and uh, it's been a while. This is uh, Robert, by the way. Uh, a lot of people used to hear Jeff um, for various reasons, mostly because I never got the chance to work from home, and we've also been separated uh, because of coronavirus and had to do the show remotely. A lot of people, um, we haven't been together, so Jeff has been, you know, being a teacher and all, um, he hasn't had to go to work, so he's been focusing a lot more on the show, therefore, you know, God bless him, he's been pumping a lot of shows out. Um, he is getting a well-deserved uh, vacation, pretty much from life, you know, job worries, show worries, and so you're getting a solo Robert show, um, I'm going to try to uh, keep this. If anybody's listened to the show before it's your first time, I'm sorry. But uh, I'm kind of the ranty end of the Good Morning Comrade Spear. And um, I tr I'm going to try to keep the rantiness down to a minimum. I don't think that's going to work out too well. As I said here in my home studio, uh, you might hear things like I have very sensitive mic setup, so... You might hear things like my chair squeaking. Uh, you might hear my dog go crazy because he's known to do that every now and then. Apparently, a um, he's a Australian terrier. His name is Johnny. He has three legs. He's a good boy. He's uh, 13 out of 10 as far as a dog. He's uh, pretty neurotic. He's a uh, pretty neurotic little guy. Uh, but... You know, we get we do the CBD treatments to calm him down. Uh, we try to, you know, let him know he's a good boy. Uh, give him tons of belly rubs. So that way he, you know, feels loved and safe. But I suspect that he was a, well, the story goes he was a street dog. And... He was found on the street with a broken leg, got his leg amputated. Uh, now he has three legs. He runs around like a dart. Don't worry about him having three legs. He gets around just fine. But the point of the story is you might hear him because a family, I don't know, do we call rats a family? Uh, there's at least two rats, at least I can hear them, that have taken up um, 
residence underneath my house. Now, if you live in New Orleans um, or if you live in the south, you know, we don't have a concrete slab. Like, a house is up on pillars, so it's real easy. Like, you can crawl under there. Um, pretty much anybody can, especially a little, you know, Australian Terrier dog. And we have uh, a variety of uh, wildlife here in New Orleans. We've got bats, raccoons. Um, I've only seen one raccoon in our neighborhood. Uh, the majority we have are possums. We have a ton of possums. And possums are great. Possums are wonderful. Possums eat ticks. Possums, did you know, are immune to rabies. This is true. So if you see a possum, salute to a real one. Possums are excellent for our ecosystem. But what we're talking about are rats. These, these two little guys. Now, I don't think there's at least two. And I, they've never come into our house because we have cats. And I hear that you know rats are so smart they can smell cat urine. And they can smell cats and dogs and they want to stay away. But um, Johnny can hear them under the house. When it gets quiet at night, it's rat time. And you can hear them scratching. I can hear them squeaking under the house. And Johnny loses his mind. Like, Johnny's just like, I'm an Australian terrier. I'm a literal, you know, I was bred to hunt rats. This is what I want to do. Let me at him. And he, um, I let him out, you know, in the back to go do his business and whatnot. And he will um, run right under the house. And he, he's on a blood mission trying to find these rats. And he is just running around, barking his little head off, barking in the house. Uh, he comes back in, have to lure him back in with treats, you know. Come on, boy, let's go. But um, he, you know, he, 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 wants, he wants these things dead, as we all do, as we all do. And I understand, you know, if you have pet rats out there, I get it. Rats are smart. Rats are cool. Um, but I don't want them un in running around free under my house because once they do make their way in, they will destroy your house from the inside out. They will chew through your walls. Um, pretty much, you know, they'll turn your house into dust. So we've got like a, I call it a professional to do the job. There's a, a couple rat traps underneath. They have not taken the bait because I can hear them every damn night. So I'm just waiting then for them to take the bait uh, so I don't have to hear them squeaking around and move on to rat heaven. The point of this story is that you might hear my dog. That was a three to four minute tangent about why you might hear my dog on this. And uh, that's what I do. That's what I provide to the show. I provide rambling dialogue and tangents that only Jeff in his infinite wisdom can um can rein in. So we're doing a solo show. It's just me tonight. And I, you know uh, I'm trying to find some way to some clever segue from talking about household pests to get into my absolute terrible fear of where the coronavirus pandemic is heading. I guess rats and fleas, fleas that bit rats, fleas on rats, if I remember my history correctly, carried the Black Plague. So I guess we can talk about another plague, which is COVID-19 and where we're going with that. And, and it's just, it's something that's really been on my mind lately. Um, as I don't want to say as the pandemic winds down, because it's definitely gearing up in other places like India that look like it's it, it's hell world over there. It's it's apocalypse level. It's been described as hell on earth. What's going on in India right now? And I really I want to dip into that for a bit. I got some news stories. And I want to kind of connect the dots. So you can kind of have this conversation with your friends and family. And I swear to you, I'll get to a point. And the point is that 
I'll start from my conclusion first. We're lucky if you're listening to this in the United States, we do have overseas listeners. God bless you. But if you're listening to this in the United States, the COVID vaccine is available for you right now. You can go get one. Um, apparently, there's vac. There's a in a lot of states. There's a surplus of vaccines because people are refusing to get them. And how we can be inoculated if enough people got this, we can have herd immunity and be inoculated. But because of our stupidity, a combination of United States American false exceptionalism and stupidity and this worship of freedoms, F-R-E-E-D-U-M-B-S, freedoms, that we have in this country of you know, fake toughness, fake machismo, bravado, whatever you want to call it. Uh, people think it's some kind of game. They think it's some kind of um, badge of honor not to do the right thing that would benefit society. When you combine that with not getting the vaccine, when you combine that with listening to dum dums on the internet, I guess I want to. I guess when we talk about listening to dum dums on the internet, I'll circle back to that. But when you talk about things like listening to dum dums online, when you talk about corrupt politicians like Governor DeSantis in Florida, um, when you talk about capitalism, how we can't get enough, we can't get vaccines. It, this is how insane this is. India is where the vaccines are physically created and they don't have enough vaccines and people are dying and they don't have enough space to cremate them fast enough because these drug companies will not relinquish, relinquish their patents and just let the drugs be made freely and available to everybody on planet earth because there might have been a time where capitalism worked. But even if you read, I'm not a Marx scholar. I'm, I'm just a dumb-dumb on the internet myself. And I'm not a doctor, and I'm definitely not a scholar. The only doctor I know, uh, you know on, this, on this station with this kind of platform is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, who listen to him for your actual coronavirus you know, news and suggestions but i'm going to play it safe and say hey you need to be taking the virus i mean taking the virus you need to be taking the vaccine i think that's a pretty safe assumption by now and you need to be shaming your friends and family who have not taken the vaccine to take the vaccine because i personally and in my own selfish way would like things to go back to quote unquote normal but to go back to my capitalism rant you know, there was a time where capitalism might have worked because even Karl Marx said that, you know, capitalism was just a step after feudalism. And then once capitalism fell apart, we would get socialism. But capitalism and scarcity, hoarding scarcity of resources cannot work. It cannot work in a society, in a world, in reality where you can get you can get uh, anywhere in the world in 24 hours. It it cannot work like that. And this is a prime example. And so what I'm I'm going to do is I'm going to lay out the case of why when we have all these factors and all this bravado, machismo, stupidity, corruption, capitalism, greed, all linked together. This, this could end society as we know. And I, don't, I, I, I hate to be hyperbolic like that, but when I say end society, society, we could never get out of this thing. Yeah, well, let, let's be realistic. People in the first world, people with enough money, you know, I I've, I've was lucky enough. I am deemed essential in my my job. 
and I was lucky enough that I've been vaccinated for months now. I've had my second vaccine at least three months ago, and I'm not rich. So first world people will survive this in some kind of way, but it will completely alter our the way we live, which I'm not a fan of in my own selfish greed. I want things. I want to be able to go to a New Orleans Pelican Games indoors without a mask. It's annoying that I have to wear a mask to do things. I would like to go back to a world where I don't have to wear a mask. But the more and more I read about these interconnecting factors of corruption, greed, incompetence, capitalism, I, I don't know if, if we're going to go back to that anytime soon. And that's my own selfish first world. Like, man, I, I just want to watch some basketball un, un, uh, unencumbered by a mask. India is on the, there's 1.3 billion people, I believe, in India. And we could have millions of people dead by the time this thing's over. And if you think you're going to contain a virus, if you, if you really think you're going to contain a communicable disease, I don't care what borders you shut down. I don't care what flights you cancel. You think you're going to contain a disease in a country of 1.3 billion people? You're out of your mind. You're absolutely out of your mind. I want to remind you you're listening to WHIV, um, New Orleans, and take a quick break. I can do that in my home studio since we're not live. Take a quick break, take a drink of water, and I'm going to be right back. Now, Joe Rogan recently, I don't know if anybody here listens to Joe Rogan. I, I doubt you. The people who listen to this show and listen to this radio station and listen to this podcast worldwide are probably smart people, not people like me. I imagine you're a smart person and you don't listen to Joe Rogan, but I actually, for one, listen to Joe Rogan. I enjoy bro science. I enjoy hearing about his stuff about, you know, when he talks about DMT, uh, trips and stuff like that. I get a nice chuckle and laugh. I love to hear his thoughts about the next U, uh, UFC fight. I love to hear him, uh, you know, tell uh, talk about who would win, um, what creature would win between a fight to the death between an alligator and a bear. I love that kind of stuff. It's it's the kind of stuff I sit around with my buddies, you know, shooting a breeze, playing video games, drinking a beer, uh, talk about. I, I love it. But what I don't love is when this buffoon, this this stupid man, this idiot, talks about why if you're young and healthy, you shouldn't take the coronavirus. And he caught so much he caught so much slack for this that he was forced to walk that back. And his excuse was this is his excuse, the most popular podcaster in the world. A voice, he has a reach of millions of people. His excuse was, I just say things, don't listen to me, I'm not very smart. Well, if you're not very smart and you're not going to source things, maybe you should, if you admittedly are not a very smart person, maybe you should keep the content of your show to dumb things and not smart things. So I, myself, I'm not a very smart person and I am faced with like, I don't want to be, I, I want my like thoughts and feelings to come out. And I also talk from the hip, you know, I shoot from the hip when we talk usually on this show, but this is so important that I feel like it needs to be heavily sourced. So I've actually got a bunch of articles here in front of me about the coronavirus and how it's going. And as a very not smart person, I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to experts. So I, I, I pulled some stuff. That's going to try to connect all this. And I hate to be, you know, guy who reads articles on the radio because I don't feel like that's a very, but this is too important to just, to, to just be spouting off. So Dateline CNN, Dateline March 2nd, 2021. Why so many people are skipping their second COVID shot and why they shouldn't. This is from CNN.com. When the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention had recently reported that almost 8% of the millions who have received the first dose of COVID-19 vaccine 
hadn't returned to get their second shot they needed, it raised concerns that the country might not be able to reach herd immunity. But health experts say what's most surprising is how low that number is and that it points to the need to inform people and the importance of that second shot for their own protection uh, and that of others in a pandemic and to let them know that it's not too late to get it. Now, that's a nice little, like that second part is a nice little let down easy. Hey, that's a really low number, 8%. But in the first paragraph is what you really should be paying attention to. The part where it says, and I quote, it raised concerns that the country might not be able to reach herd immunity. That is terrifying because without herd immunity, vaccines are worthless. Here, it, let me go back to Joe Rogan for a second. So here's a guy who says that, again, if you're young and you're healthy, you should not take the coronavirus vaccine. And he has missed the whole point. You don't take vaccines because you're sickly. You take vaccines to, as a societal effort to achieve herd immunity. It's almost like, it's almost, the analogy doesn't fit perfectly, but it's almost like the grocery store shopping cart problem, the way people feel, this is my own, you know, obviously this is my own uh, hyperbole I'm throwing in this, but I think it's accurate. The way that people feel about taking vaccines is analogous, not perfect, to the shopping cart, you know, dilemma, you could call it, is that it doesn't cost you anything to put the shopping, it's an ultimate test of society, of, how connected to society that person is how much of a societal team player are they a benefit are they a boon to our society or are they a burden on our society it doesn't cost you anything to take the shopping cart that you just use and put it in the cart corral just a little bit of time no one knows if you've you know if, if you do it there's no reward if you don't do it there's no punishment so it's just, do you want to make somebody's life easier? Do you want to make it so shopping carts aren't flying all around the parking lot, aren't rolling all around willy-nilly so they hit somebody's car? Do you care enough about other people? Like I said, this isn't a perfect analogy because vaccines are a drug and drugs have side effects and some people will have allergies and adverse reactions and this and that. But it fits pretty well to where you're not taking a vaccine because you feel bad. You're taking one so society can achieve herd immunity. And I'm going to get into a bit about herd immunity later, um, what it is. Uh, but in short, herd immunity is, you know, if again, you all are smart people. I'm sure I'm preaching the choir, but just in case. You're, you're an alien and you just got to this planet yesterday. Herd immunity is when enough people get a vaccine or are immune to something that the disease, the illness has nowhere to bounce off of and it, it dies out of existence. The reason why people don't get polio anymore is because Dr. Salk, Salk gave the vaccine away and herd immunity was achieved. So polio was eliminated. I want to ask Joe Rogan, you know, you're a UFC guy. You, you, you do ring announcing for UFC for MMA. MMA has a cage and it has a cage is with chain links on the cage, little chain links. Why is it important that every little link connect to every other little link in that chain? Why is that an important thing, Joe? And why, why would it be a big deal if you just randomly, willy-nilly cut links out of the cage and then had fighters fight into the cage? Would the cage still work as a cage to contain those two fighters, those two combatants? No. It would cease, it would cease, its, it would cease its usefulness as a cage, obviously. And that's the same thing with this vaccine. If we don't all take it, 
It ceases its usefulness because we do not achieve herd immunity. Let's read some more from why aren't why so many people are skipping their second COVID shot. Let's see reasons and excuses people give for skipping the second COVID shot. Several people have reported that they got their second shot at a different place than their first and administrators at the site. The first site contacted them repeatedly about making an appointment for a second shot, which had already been administered elsewhere. Reportedly more severe. Oh, nope, that's the wrong page. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that right really quick. Let me read that again. Several people have reported that they got their second shot at a different place than their first. And administrators at the first site contacted them repeatedly about making an appointment for a second shot, which had already been administered elsewhere. Wow. If there was only an interconnected governmental run healthcare system, you could call it Medicare for all that could keep track of people's healthcare records instead of all these different hospitals, clinics, corporations that have their own records and they can't talk to each other and you have no idea what's going on in your health from one clinic to another. How many, how many of you, how many of you have ever changed doctors, even if you have good health insurance? So let's say, let's say you have a chronic or lingering condition and you have to change health providers. You quit one job, you move to another job, you change, and so now you're out of network. Your doctor that you're in network with Insurance A, with Blue Cross, for example, you're now out of network with Humana, and you've got to pick a whole new doctor, and then that doctor has to get the, those medical records over to your new doctor. Hey, was that fun? Was that something we wanted to do? Like, is that something like you was easy to do? No, for so you're just one individual person, right? And because of corporate health care, it was a, a heavy lift, a drag to get your records from Dr. A to Dr. B because you changed health insurance. Now imagine there's a global pandemic and you're trying to keep track of who's got shots and who hasn't. And that's the situation we have now. It's like all the layers of greed and capitalism are just being peeled back and just shown threadbare. Let's get into some other reasons why so many people are skipping their second COVID shot. Some people say, oh, I'm fine, and it's not that much a risk. I just need one vaccine. And some people believe that one vaccine will give them somehow enough protection. The second one is just for good measure, and that's not true. I, this is Dr. Wynn speaking in this article. I don't want to have them walking around thinking they don't thinking they have immunity from COVID-19 and when they actually don't because they've only gotten one dose when said who this is how that kind of info gets out that disinfo this is your your friends and your family on boomer book on Facebook instead of listening to doctors because we've conditioned people in this society that somehow science is evil and sign of the beast or whatever. And I don't know what, whatever's going around. Is it Q? Is it evangelical Christianity? Whatever the flavor of the month, new age whacked out conspiracy is that we want to make up our own reality and we just don't even want to. I understand if you're interested in this stuff, if you're really interested and you have questions about it, there are so many legitimate, you know, avenues. Uh, Dr. Mark Allendary, the owner of this radio station, does a show every day answering uh, coronavirus questions in a layman's way that anybody can understand. There are so many credible resources instead of going to Barbara's Facebook page and just because she sent you some weird whacked out meme. So I dipped into herd immunity. Now I want to bring up another article that's going to talk specifically about herd immunity 
This is from U.S. News and World Reports. Uh, Dateline, May 3rd, 2021. Julia Marsh and Sam uh, Raxon. U.S. unlikely to achieve COVID-19 herd immunity, experts say. The United States is unlikely to reach herd immunity as more contagious COVID-19 variants spread and many Americans remain reluctant to get vaccinated, experts now believe. Instead, the virus, which has killed more than 577,000 nationwide, will only become more manageable, scientists said. The virus is unlikely to go away, Rusta Manita, an evolutionary biologist at Emory University in Atlanta, told the New York Times. But all we want to do, it, mm, excuse me, but we want, it's too many W's in a sentence, but we want to do all we can to check that it's likely to become a mild infection. So we want to do all that we can to make sure it's likely to become a mild infection instead of a huge outbreak, instead of people getting, you know, deathly ill and dying and dying in horrible ways. Certainly just under half of Americans have received one dose of a coronavirus vaccine and about a third are fully vaccinated, according to statistics from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Eradication is, I think, impossible at this stage. Dr. Barry Pradzelect, a French economist, told the Times. Now, this guy's an economist. I don't know when he has a doctorate in, but let me read that again. Eradication is, I think, impossible at this stage. But you want, to but you want local elimination, he said, referring to a strategy whereby communities are able to control potential outbreaks through vigilant testing and tracking. Pratzelik and his colleagues described the strategy in a paper published in The Lancet Thursday. Earlier in the pandemic, scientists had estimated that herd immunity would be reached when 60 to 70% of people either had natural immunity from prior infection or immunity through inoculation. A year later, that estimate had risen to 80%, largely due to highly transmissible new mutations because we did not we read that again. A year later, that estimate had risen to at least 80%, largely due to highly transmissible new, new mutations, the Times noted, because we did not deal with this as we should have because the wheels of capital had to keep moving. We had to make sure that people could get their wingdings and things from Applebee's. We had to make sure we still had an NBA season. We had to make sure that we still had an NFL season instead of shutting the whole country down for, uh, let's be conservative, four, five, six months. I, again, asked Dr. Mark Allendale, I don't think it would have taken that long a complete lockdown of people wearing masks, of people uh, getting paid money to sit on their butts and not go out and infect their fellow Americans with coronavirus, corona-19, with the coronavirus with COVID-19, we could have been over this by now. But now we have new mutations floating around. And this isn't just an America thing. This is the whole world could have done this. The whole world should have done this. Again, remember when I said in the beginning, when you can fly anywhere in 24 hours, the world is too small. The world is too small not to attack this thing like a war to attack it, you know. Uh, these can. Uh, here's the thing: these conspiracy theorists, they're obsessed with these weird doomsday scenarios, which is ironic because I'm kind of giving a doomsday. I'm, I'm building up to kind of a doomsday scenario, but they're obsessed with these things they've seen in movies and fiction. But when it comes time to attack a, uh, a deadly pandemic, we don't want to attack it like it is a war. We don't want to say, hey. We're locking this thing down. Everybody's everybody sit home. Everybody get paid. We're gonna let this thing pass. It's the equivalent of if you if you read the Bible, it's the equivalent of going, oh well, being an Egyptian or being not even Egyptian, an Israelite, and living in Egypt and go, well, the the shadow of death is gonna pass. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna pass through you know tonight, but uh. All we got to do is put lamb's blood on the door and we'll be fine. But if we put lamb's door on the blood, 
it might it, it might dirty the door and I might have to pay, you know, I might have to pay the the neighborhood handyman to remove it. So I, I'm, I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to take my chances on this. And then you're like, when your firstborn gets killed, you make a surprise Pikachu face and you go, oh, what happened? Well, it, literally Moses told you, just put some lamb's blood on your door and be all right. Just lock the country down, pay everybody, wear a mask, and you'll be fine. That's what we could have done. We could have been done with this now. Now we get to deal with COVID-19 mutations. It's, 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 a, great, it's a great world we live in. It's, it's, it's a great world where I haven't even gotten to the, you know, like I said, in India, and the near, the catastrophic apocalypse level over there of what's going down, you know, we have over half a million people dead in this country, but again, we had to have, we had to have our stuff. We, we, we had to force people to go to work. Oh, and as a reminder, you're listening to WHIV 102.3 New Orleans, but the wheels of the economy had to keep rolling. And it gets to a point of like, why do we even have a federal government? Because uh, the whole idea of a federal government is supposed to literally, we pay our taxes. It's almost an insurance policy. Uh, the analogy, again, it's not perfect, but we pay our taxes into the government. Bad things happen. The government's supposed to step in and say, oh, well, we got you. We got you because we're, we're a society and we planned for bad things to happen. That's what we've been taking this tax money for. Don't worry about it. We're going to deal with it. We did this and, you know, like, well, that's pie in the sky social. We did this in World War II. We rationed rubber, chocolate, grew victory gardens, um, gasoline. We, we did this in World War II to combat an enemy. But even then, it was to feed the war economy. Yeah, it was to combat fascism. You know, but also the war, it was okay to sacrifice. It was okay to sacrifice capitalism, you know, during World War II because it fed the capitalistic war economy. But it's not okay for us to, to put a pause on capitalism to save lives in 2021 because no, no, cap, no capitalist benefit. That's the difference in those two scenarios. Again, back to the article. People are getting confused and thinking you're never going to get infections down until you reach this mystical level of herd immunity, whatever that is, he told the newspaper. That's why we stop using herd immunity in the classic sense. I'm saying forget that for a second. You vaccinated enough people, the infections are going to go down. Well, yeah, that's what herd immunity is. That's weird. I guess he's trying to say that. That's a weird statement. So in one way you're saying, well, let's don't talk about herd immunity, but let's just change the name of it to something else because that's what herd immunity is. You vaccinate enough people, the infections go down, and you vaccinate enough enough people and it just the, the disease goes away. We shouldn't let that terminology distract us from the big picture here, which is that higher levels of population immunity or what some people term community immunity will still have major benefits. These are, This is herd immunity. It's the same thing. Again, I'm just changing the name. And in fact, we're seeing that in New York City, even today, in terms of reducing infections, and particularly with respect to decreasing severe diseases that cause hospitalizations and death, he said at Mayor de Blasio's daily press briefing, there's one game plan here, get vaccinated, and that's the best way forward. Even if COVID is going to be around for years in the future, we know what to do about it, says Mayor de Blasio. That's all I need to be said. I, this this thing about community immunity, I don't understand why why we need to. If you don't want to say the words herd immunity for some unknown reason, I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. But yeah, you get vaccinated, it go away. That's that's what people need to go. Hundred percent vaccination, no more COVID. Yeah, there's going to be COVID twenty. It's going to be COVID twenty one, COVID twenty two. Uh, because we've already got mutated strains out there because enough people didn't want to take precautions. Enough people wanted to f listen to corrupt, and I hate to say it, like just corrupt evil people that don't care how high the body stack. 
as long as they're making money, as long as their friends are making money, we could have been done with this, but we, we chose to listen to these people. And one of these people is Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Yahoo News. Again, today, May 3rd, 2021. DeSantis signs order ending all local COVID-19 restrictions in Florida. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Monday signed an executive order to end all emergency orders relating to COVID-19, effectively halting enforcement of restrictions across the state, the Miami Herald reports. Why does this matter? DeSantis argued that continuing the mandate restrictions would undermine confidence in vaccines. That is, that is a really... Wow, the mental gymnastics of that. So you already are in a you're already in a country, in a state, definitely Florida, where people already don't want to get vaccinated because of the FUD, the FUD. It's a term used in stocks, the FUD, the fear, the uncertainty, the doubt that you have created around vaccines, sir. But now you're saying that you need to get rid of the mask mandates to bolster confidence in the vaccines that you've told people not to be confident about. The mental gymnastics that you have to, the hoops that you have to run your brain through to try to, to try to ingest anything the right wing has to say is just, it's an enormous lift. Let's see. Florida, which became one of the world's epicenters for the virus in July, is fully vaccinated 37.3% of its population. Not enough. Not even close to enough. About one in 609 residents in the state have died from the virus. That's crazy. Compared to a national rate closer to one in 569 people, per the Orlando Sentinel. Let's see here. What they're saying, DeSantis accused governors of seizing power during the, during the pandemic through executive orders meant to enforce social distancing and stay-at-home orders. God, we wish, I wish governors seized executive order power and dipped into rainy day funds and paid people to stay home and shut down cities and shut and and just ground the whole thing to a halt so we could stay socially distanced reasonably and we could be done with the coronavirus by now. But luckily there are sane people in the state of Florida, in my hometown of St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, Rick Kreisman, the mayor of St. Petersburg, tweeted, we got, we, got a, we got a poster out here, the mayor's a poster, to be clear, cities like St. Pete, Tampa, Orlando, Miami, Miami Beach, save Florida. And the governor and the governor's behind the governor's behind his posterior, his derriere throughout this pandemic. Can you imagine each city if led by Ron DeSantis? How many lives would have been lost? What would our economy look like today? 100% correct. And that, that is the great thing that these these mayors um, this has been going on here in uh, New Orleans to where we've got the we've got Democratic Governor um, John Bell Edwards rolling back um, mask mandates and our mayor here in New Orleans, Toya Cantrell, stepped up and said no, you know, and there we're not going to roll back mask mandates and. I get both sides. I get both sides because this wasn't explicitly said, but I can understand why you wouldn't have a mask. I can understand why if you lived in a rural parish county in Louisiana, why you're like, well, why do I have to wear a mask? There's, there's no Corona here anymore. Everybody's vaccinated. But 
why things need to be still closed in the world's smallest destination city of New Orleans, Louisiana, where it's we're back to 100 percent here. I can tell you that right now. The tourists are back. All the people who said that they were never going to come back here because our mayor, Latoya, the destroyer, uh, ruined this city with her shutting down of the city and the mask mandates. You can find them on, what time is it? It's 8 o'clock? Oh, it's 9.56 p.m. on a Monday? You can, They're on Bourbon Street right now. It's packed. I have to drive through Bourbon to get, um, to get to, I have to cross Bourbon to get to my job every day. 8 in the morning, there's these people holding daiquiris. Tourists, wide-eyed, looking all around, not just walking through the street, like you're not supposed to be in the your car's not supposed to be in the middle of the street, but they're supposed to be wasted with the Bloody Mary at 8 a.m. They're back. They're back, y'all. I see the license plates. Texas, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, um, Tennessee. They're, they're all back. So we have to, we we this city cannot be open 100 percent Well, again, we are the smallest destination city in the world. We, we don't have a high population, but the population here is dense. It's incredibly dense. So when you take those elements and you add them all together of we refuse to lock down, refuse to, the federal government refused to pay people to lock down. Federal government refuses to pay people to lock down. City's got no aid, got no help. You know, all, more than half a million people died of coronavirus in this country. We've got mutant strains popping up. Uh, people just don't want, as a society, we're sick and don't want to care about our, our fellow man's health, which affects our health. When you combine all that together, all the misinformation about the virus and the vaccine, and when you say there's mutant strains popping up in India that has a population of 1.3 billion, with a B, I say again, billion people, and you think you're going to be able to contain that, and that's not going to come over here, I don't care how many flights you shut down. I don't care if you build a border wall a million miles high. It's going to get in here the same way it got in here before. Let's, let me let me give you a rundown of what we have to look forward to if we don't get these people in India. What we have to look forward to here in the United States if we don't get these people in India the vaccine immediately. This is for also from CNN. Read some of this to you here. Content warning. This is not going to be pretty. Hmm. Where to start? I just don't want to make anybody you know, puke up their breakfast this early in the morning. As coronavirus cases spiral in India, the country's health uh, care system is a stretch beyond breaking point. Beds, oxygen, and medical workers are in short supply. Some COVID patients are dying in waiting rooms or outside overwhelmed clinics before they have even been seen by a doctor. This is not from last year. This is from this dateline, May the 3rd, 2021. As you're listening to this, I'm recording it. This is from eight hours ago. This is one man's story. For three days, Goldie Patel went from hospital to hospital in New Delhi's oppressive summer heat, frantically trying to find one that would keep her husband breathing. Four hospitals turned away Patel, who was seven months pregnant with the couple's first child before she finally found one that would take him. But the level of care, and I'm going to butcher this, I apologize, at Sandar Patel COVID Care Center and Hospital, a makeshift pandemic facility on the outskirts of the capital, is so lacking that her husband was begging to leave the hospital. Around Sandernan Patel, uh, 30 people are dying. He has barely any contact with doctors with limited medicine. With about 80% of his lungs already infected, he's terrified of what happens if he gets, his condition gets worse. I am very scared. This is what the man said. I am very scared, Sandard said, Saturday from his hospital bed through labored breathing. If my health gets critical, I don't think they'll be able to save me. Only some COVID-19 patients manage 
to get admitted into India's overburdened hospitals. But once inside, some face a different kind of terror, an absence of medical care or supplies as people die around them. So, with that said, and the reason why, again, why India, the country that makes the vaccines, does not have enough vaccine because these companies will not release their patents and allow the vaccines to just be made generically by the Indian government. The Indian government has failed these people too, but that's a whole nother discussion. These people are dying. While we in America sit here with stockpiles of vaccine because we're too stupid to go get to go get them because we're we're listening to what Karen says on Boomer Book and if when you combine that foolishness with this extinction level event that's going on in India the two are going to meet head on and when that happens, when I just read you about the Indian hospital, could look like every American city, every American metropolis, well, hell, every rural area. You think your hospital's bad now? You know, if you live out, if you're listening to Louisiana and you live out in the sticks, you live on the North Shore, you live, you live out west, you think you don't have a great hospital now? Wait till it's overrun and there's not enough oxygen. Go get your vaccine, people. Go get it now. So I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, my voice is almost gone. It's hard to talk for an hour. Uh, again, you've been listening to uh, Good Morning Comrade on WHIV 102.3 FM. Appreciate everybody that's listening. Uh, check us out online. Uh, anywhere you download podcasts, w, uh, look for Good Morning Comrade. I mean, literally anywhere. I don't think there's a place where you can get a podcast where we're not there. Um, give us a review. Uh, would be great. We love that. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, Comrade Morning on Twitter. I am a poster. I am a reply guy. You send something to me, I will send it right back. Uh, big ups to, big ups and blessings. Bless up to the uh, Valley Labor Report. Been listening to those guys in northern Alabama. Uh, big fans. I'm glad to have them in the WHIV family. And uh, it's been a pleasure spending this time with you. I hope you got something out of it. I hope that you can convince all your um weirdos in your family that uh, are still refusing to get this vaccine your friends and family that they need to do it they need to put the shopping cart back into the cart corral if they don't they're not doing it for them they're doing it for they're doing it for so you're if you have a baby or your friend has a baby uh, if they know a child so they don't have to deal with COVID-19 in the near future we're doing it for her to Thanks again, and we'll catch you Thursday. And back on, if you're listening over there, we'll be back on next Tuesday. Take care, y'all.